What is up, my man? Not much, man. What's up with you? Did you uh, did you get Windows 11 yet? No, dude. <laughs> I don't dare get a new operating system. Um, Can't trust it. I'm just going to, already here at the beginning, I'm just going to go down a little bit of a, of a side trail. And for those of you that don't want to listen to us talk about a new Microsoft operating system, skip ahead five minutes. Yeah. I can't guarantee that we won't still be talking about it. But basically, you know, it it might be kind of interesting to like point out the difference. Like, do you know anyone that uses not a Mac? <laughs> well, we don't use Macs at work. So right, right. pretty much everyone that I know doesn't use a Mac. What about at home? Like just for fun or their personal stuff? Um, I feel like as an adult, your need for a personal computer usually goes away. Yeah. You know, like in college or in school, it makes sense because you have assignments and stuff that you're always working on. But I feel like most of the time, once people get out of school, if they're not people like us that do these side projects or, um, you know, whatever gaming they don't usually have a personal computer. I could be I could be wrong. I don't know. I just know that like my girlfriend doesn't have one. Um, and a lot of other people that I know don't actually have their own computers other than the ones that they get from work. I don't really think about that a lot. Like people that, you know, everybody that I know because I all the people that I talk to do what I do or like somehow related to it. Right. Like maybe the normal person, you're right, doesn't need a laptop at home. That's, yeah. that's a weird concept to me. Like my dad uses one, but I mean, he rarely, rarely has to work at home anymore because he's not the, you know, worker bee right. position anymore. Hmm. I think it's, it's far more common for people to have like an iPad yeah. in place of, because anything, anything that the the average person would use a laptop for can be replaced by an iPad these days anyway. Mm-hmm. Unless you're doing something like, you know, where you need some specific software that you can't get on an iPad, which is the case for us for most things. Um, you know, doesn't make sense. Did you guys have them in school? Like everybody had a laptop in, in high school? Um, no, we didn't. Um, my senior year we did Chromebooks. So everybody had a Chromebook assigned to them, but they were like, you know what a Chromebook is, right? Yeah. It's like just for browsing basically. And yeah, it's, it has the form factor of a laptop, but it runs off of Google drive essentially. Mm -hmm. So like, it's like, instead of having Microsoft word, you have Google docs, like as your primary everything. So Mm. It was like, I don't know, for the most part it was fine, but they were just like, it was probably maybe the third or fourth revision of a Chromebook. So they were real shitty. Like <laughs> the the plastic felt like the kind of plastic that comes on a Happy Meal toy. Like it was just not, <laughs> not great. Don't <laughs> you kind of think work. like maybe giving a bunch of high schoolers, in my case, we all had laptops, like they were Dell whatever, you know, low spec, oh, really? low spec, whatever. Whole high school. Everyone in the high school had a laptop. Is Doesn't that seem like a dumb idea? I think there was something when we got them where you signed a thing that basically said if 
if you damage it, you have to pay for it. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know how I don't know how frequently that happened or how many people they had to run down and yeah. like force their parents to pay for these broken laptops. But yeah. I, it, it is an experiment of uh, responsibility, I suppose. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I got a CD stuck in the CD drive of mine, which laptops don't even have anymore, you know? Right. Um, and I had to use like double-sided tape and a butter knife to <laughs> to, to get it out. out. Yeah, like just held eject down and it's just... Yeah. And it finally came out. Um, uh. I told, you know, the guy that the IT guy at our high school was just like this sweetest, softest man. <laughs> so like, yeah. no matter what happened, like I remember one time, I don't remember who it was. Someone in an older grade got Halo working on all of the laptops. Oh no. And so <laughs> like he just had to send you a link, basically you download it and it was like a cracked version or whatever. And then right. you, you could be in class, you know, on like locally, he made a server in the high school where everyone could just play in their classes Whoa. and play each other. Yeah. It was it was pretty sweet. I mean they wild. They kept shutting it down and he kept bringing it back up or whatever. Just yeah. Valuable to have a guy like that. Like the tech guy in the in the spy movie, you know? <laughs> right. Like it right. just hack anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I remember in college we loaded uh we had this we had a bunch of computer labs um in my college, but we I was on this, um, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, race car team. We mm-hmm. built race cars um, as part of the engineering college. And we had like our own computer lab. So the computers that were on that, I don't know if the tech department just didn't know that they were eventually moved in there because they did not have the same sort of like security protocols that every, <laughs> every other computer in the college did. So yeah. uh one night, this is this lab is where we did all of our like design work and stuff. So it was not uncommon for us to be in there mm-hmm. like through the night, just bloodshot eyes, just working. But one night, um, I installed Minecraft on a bunch of the computers, <laughs> and I convinced uh, two other guys on the team just to instead of working on what we needed to work on, just to play Minecraft. That's we, so awesome. We like started a server and started from scratch. And we're like building out this world in Minecraft. I think we played till like five in the morning or something and then walked home. But That's so crazy. You know, I, that's today I was thinking about something along those lines. Like as, I mean, I know we're in the workforce now, not school anymore, but like today I was thinking about, so I'm, I'm rehearsing, I'm working on, um, music for the next show we have coming up is the old church in um in portland and it's gonna be duo and kind of for the duo stuff we've been wanting for a long time it's kind of been contingent on my ability as as a musician or as a a piano player really to do it we want to add a piano into the duo set to like yeah you know what i mean there's a different sound right. there Instead of two guitars. Um, But today, I I mean, my my plan all of today has been to rehearse for that. And so I've got, I've got my notebook and like, I'm going song by song and I'm playing the songs over Dropbox that haven't been released yet. The mixes Mm -hmm. um, over my computer speakers. And then I'm playing the keyboard through another speaker and, um, you know, 
that's my plan all day long. And I can go doing work like this. I can go like a couple hours without even stopping to break. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But right. Um, today I was just get there were certain parts where I was getting super frustrated because the songs are like, <laughs> they're harder now. You know, yeah, it's not right. just like G C D G and um, right first position all the right exactly versions right yeah. So I'm um, I'm getting frustrated and I found myself like looking at my phone quite a bit more often mm. than I usually do and and I kind of had this weird feeling I almost texted you about it that what you know I don't have anyone down here telling me get back to work. <clears throat> You know, right. it's kind of an interesting, interesting thing. Like, you know, like you were talking about with your guys in your class, I'm sure you guys with the level you were at with, um, your class and stuff, you were given a lot of freedom. Well, yeah, but you were still getting it done, right? Well, here's the thing, dude, in, in college, no one cares if you pass or fail. Like the professor gets paid either way. Like. <laughs> They, they obviously want you to succeed because it looks bad on them if they have a bunch of people fail the class. But right. like if you are not able to just like buckle down and do the work, then they're not going to come find you and be like, um, did you remember to turn this in? Like in, you remember in high school yeah, they would, or middle school, yeah. like the teachers would be like, just so you know, I, I noticed you didn't turn this in. Like if you want to get it done by the end of the day, you can. In college, it's just like they don't care. It, you like it's due at um, 11 a.m. You turn it in at 11.01 and they're like, I don't care. You were late, yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. <laughs> you, you kind of learn. Uh, I mean, some people never learn, but uh, for people like me, that sense of responsibility is just kind of drilled into you. Mm-hmm. And um, like at my job, no one is telling me what to do on the daily basis. Like yeah. I don't have to, rep- I don't report a checklist of tasks that I accomplished today. Um, people don't like check in on me to see what I'm doing. It's just like, if they notice that things are falling by the wayside, that's when they come talk to you. And by then it's too late. Like then it's a problem, you know? So isn't that how it should be kind of though with, with any job? Don't, you know, don't you feel like you should be able to take those little breaks? And as long as you're still, you know, contributing and getting, getting it done. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that's, um, it's just a culture thing, right? If you have a culture of trust and a culture of, um, you know, I guess trust is really the only word you trust your employees to do the work. And as an employee, you trust your managers not to like sit over your shoulder and tell you how to do everything all the time. Yeah. Um, then yeah, the flexibility kind of solves itself. Like we have rules and we have guidelines about what hours of the day we need to be working and, you know, it's generally understood that you're going to work at least 40 hours a week because, I mean, we're salary, so it's not like we punch in a time card or anything. Yeah. But there is like some leeway there. And I, especially working from home, I've kind of developed a schedule that works best for me that's not normally something that would fly like in the office. Right. Um, But I just know, like I've kind of, I've kind of figured out what times of day I'm most productive and I've figured out when I'm just doing, 
crap work for the sake of feeling like I'm busy. Yeah, like, like if I'm clock. just like walking and like doing things in circles just to feel like I'm accomplishing something. Yeah. And I've tried to tried to become more cognizant of those moments and like take a break, go for a yeah. walk, go do the dishes or something because otherwise I'm just like nose to the grindstone all day, but yes. it's possible that I didn't accomplish anything. Yeah, I I'm completely agree. Because like that happened to me today a little bit, got later in the afternoon and I was just like plunking on the piano or plinking, whatever you say. And I was just like, I'm not even retaining any of this anymore. I'm not like right. being productive, but I try to make, I try to make my day in a way that I won't feel like I need a break already, like only an hour or two into work, you know, mm. but I, um, like, like what been, things do you what things do you put first to do that? Well, I always, I mean, making breakfast is is kind of a it just always has been like a big deal in my family, and even when right. it's just me and my wife and and the boy, or if it's um, just me or Nick or whatever on the road, like there's there's like some some holy time there in the morning. So yeah. like, it's always way too much. It's always stupid amount of food, and um, <laughs> so that's first. Uh, coffee every morning and then um been trying to get some kind of schedule going because when shows aren't a factor it's really just a a huge canvas of all the stuff that needs done it absolutely needs done there's a ton to do but there's no schedule during the shows we have an itinerary right yeah that's not happening when when I'm not on the road technically so still still trying to to master it cuz like this yeah. morning I did everything I said and then I did my workout and then um it was time to walk the dog but I it had gotten up too late so I hadn't gotten anything done yet and I felt like if I go do that too it's going to be like 11 o'clock almost noon right right they, days slipping so I just started working and then it's like even lunch breaks it's like, what do, what do I do? Do I say, I mean, working from home, do you do this? Like, I'm going to take my lunch at. No, um, not get not really. Yeah. I mean, dude, I take it all to a completely different level. Like every meal I have is the same every day. Yeah, it's usually at the true. same time and all this stuff. So I, I really don't think about it. The only time I have to think about it is if I have like a meeting that falls at the time that I would normally do one of those things. So then right. I have to think, I either have to decide consciously that I'm going to eat before, during, or after the meeting, or else I, mm. I forget to eat, like, which sounds crazy for someone like me who eats as much as I do and <laughs> who, uh, like that's a, a very built in part of my day. Like mm -hmm. it's really easy for me to forget to eat. Um, especially if I'm working on something because right. I don't always feel hungry like in my stomach. I tend to feel hunger through by way of like mental fatigue or like oh. if I start to get really frustrated or something, I'll right. be like, wait a minute, have I eaten anything in the last yeah. few hours? And yeah. that's usually when I know. But yeah, I don't like, I don't like say I'm going to take my lunch at noon because mm. usually, usually my lunch, the way that our days are set up is like, you're supposed to work eight hours. Well, like, supposed to be there for nine hours but you get an hour lunch when we're in the office that's how it works right um but at home i have basically been doing like work four hours 
take a, take an hour to go to the gym and then work four hours. So I don't actually eat during my quote unquote lunch hour. Mm -hmm. But recently I've been kind of hacking that to where I work. I go to the gym at eight. So I actually don't work for that first hour of the day, but then I don't take a, a break. So I work eight hours straight and I'm not actually sure if that's optimal because I think, I think I personally really benefit from having like a break in the middle of the day to like stop thinking about something, go do something else and then come back to my work. But, Mm. um, that's just what I've been doing recently just to try to shake things up. I kind of got to this point where I was just so sick of my routine (laughs) that I wanted to try something something. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel about the, like, you know, you said it a couple of times when you were talking about your schedule, like we're supposed to, um, be at work for this amount of time or whatever, like, do you feel any certain way about feeling like you have to be, I'm trying to be careful because I want, I want you to be able to be careful with your answer. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Do you, do you feel a certain way about that? Uh, Like being expected to be available? Yes. Um, I do and I don't like, I think the ideal situation would just not have to be the ideal situation would be to be in a position where no one else relies on me. So I could just do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. Right. I think that's what a lot of people just want from their life. But the reality of that is it's not feasible, especially in a company like mine where there's so many people, there's so many moving parts. So um, my company, and I think a lot of companies in, in the industry that I'm in, but mine specifically are, is super flexible. So even though I, I know that like I'm expected to be on or be available or, or whatever, it doesn't really bother me all that much. The times that it bothers me are, um, and this is where I might hurt, hurt myself by being too honest, but (laughs) there, there are, um, inevitable seasons of time at my job where there's just not as much going on. And I have a hard time with like finding proactive things to do. Like I sort of developed this, it might be a skill or it might just be, that might just be a nice way of saying it. But in college I developed this talent of like doing really good work in like the 11th hour, like right up at the end when things needed Mm. to be done. So it's hard for me to like pick something like, six months out or like three weeks out or something and be like, okay, I'm going to start chipping away at that. So it's frustrating for me in those times when I don't have anything really pressing to do to feel like I just need to be in front of this computer all day, but like not really working on anything all that important. Yeah. Um, but that, that's more an issue with how I perceive like the way my tasks are laid out. It's not as much an issue with like the job itself. Yeah. And I think you're, you're, constantly looking for things to to be productive you're not one of these people that's like oh well this isn't really that important so i can kind of glide right like you're not thinking of it in that way right right yeah it's not an intentional thought it's just like i i always want to be prioritizing my time and doing something that's important versus just something to pass the time right but right um, ironically in doing that, sometimes I end up wasting time <laughs> I know, and, and by not working on things. But another hard thing about it is when there isn't that really crucial stuff going on, you, it's up to you to make important things happen. And like, um, I don't remember who said it to me 
a few weeks ago, but um, they said, well, you guys aren't going to be on the road for a while. So it, the, the whole world thinks that's time off, but yeah. you guys have more to do as far as like creating content and, you know, it might've been your sister actually, now that I said the word content. So, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like now, right. now you are going to be even more busy because when we're on the road, it, we kind of make, I think I've said it before, like people kind of leave us alone for the most part right. when things are really important and we do it, but it's easy to be creating content when you're on the road. Cause you're going to different places and, Right. Uh, when when you're in one spot, you know you're sort of, you know you you. But <laughs> I, I feel the same way right now. Is like I don't know when those seasons are for you, but like right now, yeah. I, I mean I have the old church coming up in like two weeks, so I guess I really don't have that much time. But I feel good. I mean I'm already like a third of the way through the set list, and it's and it's going really well. So. Like if I can keep, and that was basically just the last two days. If I can keep yeah. that pace, then I'm good. It's, it's just, uh, man, I, I always thought being my own boss was everything I ever wanted, but I'm kind of one of those people that benefits from someone telling me that they need something at a certain yeah. time, you know? Right. Always. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, like there are definitely times when I'm working, there are times when I'm working when I feel like I, that's what I need, but then I feel bad asking for direction because yeah. I get so caught up. We have what's called a career ladder where it's basically these, this list of things to, you know, they're not tasks, but just like attributes that once you start to like show that you're capable of these things, um, that's when you start to get considered for promotion and raises and this kind of thing. So, so they're, they're like kind of uh, benchmarks, you mean? Like sort of physically not, laid out? Yeah, right. Oh, wow. Um, but they're, they're not as tangible as like accomplish this many things in a year. It's yeah. like, it's like, do you work independently? Like things that are sort of um, like ambiguous, yeah. which is kind of frustrating, but I always get hung up on this like, that specific example of works independently, like requires minimal supervision. Yeah. Like every time I feel like I need direction, I'm like, man, I need to make sure that this yeah. is really important before I ask for help because yeah. which I, it shouldn't take that much bandwidth from me. Like I should just be like, Hey, I need some direction here, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. But for me, like the fact that it's on a checkbox and the fact that I am such a checkbox person, yeah, it kind of like, I kind of spin out on it sometimes, but yeah, I think there's I think there's good and bad from having set direction and also having freedom to to do what you want. Like yeah. there is no there is no perfect system, I don't think. Well, you have to be if you have that much free reign, like, you know, I mean, cuz realistically I do. I mean, there's my my day is mine. If I played video games all day today, the the world would not end. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that wouldn't have got done and then a tomorrow would be harder. Right. But the thing is, is I don't want it to be that way for me tomorrow. Right. So I'm trying to like, I, um, you know, and Nick and I basically being partners or, or however you want to call it. I mean, we're always aware of what the other person is doing and like checking in, but I mean, yeah. we're always asking each other to do things and, the thing about that position with whatever a business is that 
you trust that person to do it no matter what. And right. you, you probably have, I mean, I, I would be surprised if you told me that the guys above you are like your, your quote unquote supervisors or whatever. I'm doing a lot of quotes in this episode, but, <laughs> um, like is like, Hey Jake, where's this? You know, like you were supposed yeah. to, you're not that guy. I don't think there's no room for people like that in your, we company. tend to not employ people that are that right, way, right. you know? I mean, there are inevitably people that kind of lean that direction, but um, <clears throat> we they do they do such a good job of hiring good talent there. Like, um, it, it it would be it would be a major wrench in the gears if someone had to ask me where something was. Like, if a man my yeah. manager had to come and be like, "Hey, I noticed." Like I would have to have like not shown up to meetings for like three weeks for them to be mm-hmm. like, whoa, what, <laughs> what is going on here? Because we, I do have a lot of visibility to my work too. So like I, I copy my managers to important emails and like I'm in meetings with them pretty regularly and um, I have to give updates to the, the overall project team. So it'd be really easy for them to see if I was just like not doing anything or like making stuff up, like not making any progress on things. So, well, um, and I don't mean to go back and talk about it all the time, but it was kind of a big deal to me working at John Deere, um, during the first part of the pandemic. And, you know, it would be like these guys would have these work orders, right? So they get a tractor in, it needs this repair and they basically do, the, um, I don't know what the word is. They decide how long it's going to take them. Right. Right. So, um, if they are well within their time limit and they know that they're going to be able to make the repair fairly quickly and the farmer isn't expecting it for like another half a week or whatever, they will, um, like, you mean, I mean, you see those guys on their phones a lot. Right. Like, you know, or like they'll put the stool just in the right spot under the tractor where like <laughs> you can't really see them. And um, right. I mean, I'm not ragging on anyone specifically, but I think that's kind of the nature of that, of that job is like um, maybe they don't feel as mentally engaged in the process because when it comes to a repair or something, it's kind of just following, you know, and also I don't want to discount their having to figure it out outside of the, the rule book. Right. But I think with that, it usually is kind of like you following instructions. And so you sort of feel like you're just going through the motions and yeah, like, I, <clears throat> sometimes I feel like that's not a bad position a in bad life. Gig. Though, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm not, I'm not saying I would, I would trade what I do for very many mm. things, but there are times there are times when I wonder like how much nicer it would be just to have a job that I wasn't constantly like making decisions, making important decisions, like having all of this like mental bandwidth taken up. Like if I could do something that was pretty like straightforward, kind of redundant all the time, I, I feel like it would be, it would be a pain to do that for eight hours a day all the time. But Sometimes I feel like I would have more energy or more mental bandwidth to do the things, um, you know, like the, all these other projects and and stuff that we do. Right. Because at the end of the day, like I, I've said this before, like <clears throat> I don't feel like I want to play drums at the end of the day. Right. Um, at the yep. end of a like a work day, because I my brain has been on all day, like thinking about things in detail, like. 
like when I say in detail, like high attention to detail. Oh yeah, right? I, yeah, I can't even. And imagine. so for me to come come home and then want to apply that same amount of energy to something else, like I honestly, all I ever want to do is just um, lay on the couch and watch TV and unplug yeah. for a while and just like give myself a break. I mean, that's what most people do, right? Is like they don't want to. Most people should not have to have another job when they get home from their job. Right. And, and, and most people, I think, are willing to accept the way their work day is um, for the, the relaxation that comes at the end of the night or the, the weekends. Right. You know, like you see that a lot in the blue collar <clears throat> jobs, like time to clock, you know, Miller time. You know, right. I don't usually feel that way about my job, but if I had to go, which for a while there I did, but if I had to go do something else after what I did today, I would, I would be like, something's not right. Something has to change. (laughs) Well, the other, the other problem too, is just the fact that I can't do anything casually. Like some other, some people have like just hobbies that they're, they don't care about being really good yeah. at. They're just a thing that they do, you know, but everything I do, I turn into some sort of like passion project or feel like I have yeah. to monetize it somehow or make it into a business. So oh, yeah, uh, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely that aspect of it too. But well, there's even those recreational things can, can turn into that for you. Like, you know, <clears throat> I, I hate how much we talk about, you know, I actually, no, I don't because I like playing video games and I don't care who knows, but I see these posts sometimes on Reddit or whatever, where a guy would be like, you know, five years, um, 100 platinum trophies, which means for those of you that don't know, it means you did everything in a game that you could do. Yeah. And basically 100% it it is whatever they say. And I, at first I'm like, Whoa, wow, that's impressive. And then I'm like, Oh God. (laughs) and I could and I can get caught up in that like even when I'm just enjoying the game a little bit I'll get on for like a couple hours and I'll be like why am I doing all this little bs side mission stuff like just just play the thing and move on there's I have way too many and I still need to play and like I, man, it's really hard. It It's hard to just enjoy something I should be enjoying. <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I always feel like I need to be do, doing something else, doing something productive. Like yeah. the times that you and I, I only play when I play with you. So I, yeah, I don't I like I go play problem. by myself. But even then, sometimes I'm like, is this the best use of my time? But it shouldn't, it shouldn't <laughs> yeah. matter. Like, if I don't, ha- if I, if I had anything better to do, I would have been doing that, you know, like yeah. I'm pretty good at prioritizing my time, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I, you, need, we, I need to just let myself enjoy things. Yeah, I know. I need you to, to play with me so, you, so I can keep my stats <laughs> up. Anyways, okay. um, did you ever feel like you were going to maybe go down the path of the guy that was doing the job just strictly for um, financial gain or anything like that? Or did even before you took Garmin and like went after that path, was there ever an opportunity for like another job? We were like, well, I might not really be passionate about this, but yeah, the money seems good. Yeah. Um, before I had my internship at the company that I work at now, um, that I ended up working full time for, I had another internship for a Another company just in Lincoln. Um, it's a 
multinational company, but they had an office in Lincoln and it was soul sucking, dude. Mm. It was, I mean, the work that I was doing, it was an engineering job, but the work that I was doing was so boring. Like I could not care less about it. Um, and I, I learned very quickly from that experience. I think it was an important experience for me because there were, there were points in my life, like in college when I didn't for sure know where I wanted to work or what exactly I wanted to do, where I did think about just like, I'm just going to probably be this drone at a desk doing boring engineering work. And then like my life is really going to happen outside of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have a job that I didn't really care about to fund. I remember I actually told someone in college, like I'm, I'm pretty much sure I'm just going to have this job to fund my musical endeavors, like Mm -hmm. just to be able to afford gear and stuff. Cause music gear is expensive Yeah, (laughs) um, to get good stuff. Um, so that was kind of, I had those thoughts a lot, but, I had some exposure working in a job that would have been perfect for that. Just something I really didn't care about, but probably would have paid me just fine. But I had a really hard time. Like the people that I worked with there were obviously those kinds of people where like on Monday, all they talked about was which golf course they played at or, or where they went fishing that weekend. And then by Tuesday or Wednesday, they were talking about what they were going to be doing on the next weekend they all just like, you could tell they all hated their jobs, but they had worked there for 40 years. Like they all told me pretty much everyone that worked there was like, yeah, I started here as an intern right out of college. And then I just never left. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, I felt like I was destined. Like there was some, there's some gravity to places like that because people get comfortable. And you know, if you get, you have kind of a unending internship, which is what they had there. Like there was no starter end date. It was like, you're just going to work here until you quit basically. And then if you Mm -hmm. graduate, then you'll be full time after that. And I was some people just, um, don't want to have change and it can be, you know, it can be super scary and stressful to go look for jobs and put yourself out there and stuff. Like I did it. Uh, so I get it, but I just did not feel like I could, uh, I could go on that way, that way for the rest of my life. So that was kind of, that was a turning point for me. Um, I decided if I'm not going to do something that I'm really passionate about, uh, I'm not going to be an engineer and I'm going to find something like I, that, that internship experience almost caused me to either drop out or change my major. I remember thinking Mm -hmm. about it very seriously because I was like, there's no other major that really interests me. It's too late for me. Like if I switch now, I'm going to be here for another four years, like in Mm -hmm. college. So like, would it be better for me just to quit and try like think of something else to do or like stick yeah. this out or like I was just having this existential crisis and right. um, I found the company that I wanted to work for and uh, here we are. Now I work there full time three years for three years. Yeah. So Yeah, that's amazing. I, I, I think there's a lot of people that kind of wish that that's how it went for them, you know? I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of opportunities, I guess. I don't know if I'd call them that even like before I did music like I do now to do another job, you know, not stuff yeah. that because like educationally, I I didn't have any experience in anything else um, other than like manual labor. So mm. I, I sort of, I sort of always told myself if this didn't work out, um, that's probably what I would fall back on. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's this thing I've been thinking about this and I don't know if you think about this as, as much in the position in life that you're currently in. Um, 
you know, just like having the boy and, and he's a year old now. And, um, I've been thinking about sort of what kind of life he will have as he's grown up mm. with me working like this. And I've sort of, I've been having this kind of, this pull at me because I felt like, I wonder if it's going to be beneficial for him, for me to mm. have a lifestyle like this. And, um, it's one of those things, this job is one where people always say, well, you're young. So, you know, I remember we heard that all the time when we started, yeah. like, well, you guys are young. So, you know, just go for it. And it's like, right. I mean, we always say this, but like, go for what? What are you talking about? I'm just trying to work, man. <laughs> right. Right. And, I, and, and, um, and, you know, even, even with like the games, you know, the, yeah, maybe, maybe, um, you might associate that with like a kid playing the game. Right. But there's like grown ass men making these. Right. Yeah. And like testing right. them. And like, so I always want to like change the perspective for people with, with mm -hmm. this job and have them see like, no, it isn't, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll or whatever, you know, like, well, it's, it's rock and roll, but you know, uh, <laughs> right. But those other <clears throat> things don't, don't happen at, nearest frequently um or at all so i'm you know i've just been thinking about this like his life did i am i doing right by him and i'm asking you as as my my great Oof. ally my best Oof. friend yeah you don't have to have the right answer but this is just something i've been thinking about am i giving him a is a quiet life more important like because you think about the kind of life your dad your parents gave you yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think the life that you're setting up is a, is the opposite of a quiet life. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of musicians, dude, that have families. I mean, Drew Holcomb has three kids. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think almost everyone from need to breathe has a kid. Sure. At least, uh, Probably. at least two of, two of them do, two or three of them do. So <laughs> I, I think, I think it's a dangerous place to be in where, you know, you're on the road all year, which is kind of what you guys have been doing for the last few years. But, you know, eventually you hopefully get to a point where you can be on the road for three months and then you're home mm -hmm. for, you know, the rest yeah. the not the the other nine months of the year or something. And I mean, think of like people who's not not to say that this is at all the same thing work wise, but people whose parents like are in the military or people whose parents like do business overseas yeah. or, you know, are gone. Like uh, when I was yeah, in high school, my, my dad worked out of town most of the time, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's plenty of examples of families where parents are working in and out of town or they're doing, you know, kind of hectic things and they all yeah. seem to turn out okay. So I, I think it's all just a matter of execution, right? It's not, it's not so much the thing itself that's inherently good or bad. It's, it's the way that, uh, that it plays out. Yeah. And I, you know, so that makes me feel better what you said. And there is kind of a silver lining to it because I think most guys that I know that have kids aren't able to just uh, either in, in the Airstream, just walk outside to him being right there from the work I'm doing, you know, right. even not during the pandemic. Um, and the amount of time, like you said, if nine months is home, um, that gives me a lot of time to be with him, but right. I still struggle with it a little bit because there's a lot of that time that I'm 
I'm way gone. You know, it's, I remember my dad coming home from work and just playing with us until he, he fell asleep on the floor. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And like on the weekends, he was always doing stuff with us, even though he had projects and stuff to do. And, um, I've, I've just, it's the same thing with, just like you said earlier, like being, I can't just be like a 75% person. And like, even as being a dad, I'm not, I am not reading like how to raise your kid books. I'm not. And I, <laughs> You're probably and better I, off by not. <laughs> I, I don't mean anything against people who, who turn to that, to yeah. the kind of the self-help lifestyle for things, because I understand how it feels to just have no clue. Yeah. But there hasn't been any point during, you know, everything that's happened with him that I have felt like I have no clue. Yeah. And and so I feel like it's it's going along well. And, and during the, you know, the beginning of his life, he was around his grandparents a lot. So I was getting like a ton of input, whether I wanted it or not, you know, like <laughs> right, right. On, on how to raise him. And, um, you know, it, it's felt really good. So, but I, even then with all the time that I feel like I'm with him and stuff, like I still am battling with, am I doing enough? You know, like mm. Nick will always send me a picture or something and be like, just in case, you know, you thought you weren't a good dad or something. And it'll be like me playing with him or like, yeah, something like that. And he's like really obsessed with the doors right now. I don't, and, <laughs> and this is not an easy thing for anyone's back to partake in uh-huh. as an adult, because uh, you know, where you're like your position so that the kid can turn the door handle uh-huh. is like mid mid crouch. crouch. <laughs> right. And so the back kind of I mean, bent over. Just a back pain that I've had for, you know, and, and he's just not happy when when he's not opening a door or closing it. Opening yeah. It, it was it was ba- his first word was door. Oh, really? <laughs> he loves doors. Nice. I'm hoping he's not going to be one of those like eating paint chips type of kids. But, Dude, you know, he's just, just going to be a, he's going to move to New York City and be a doorman somewhere. That's, I know. I was, give, I was giving him a hard time. But no. he's fascinated, you know, by yeah. that. But still, you know, this is on my mind all day. Like, even when I have this flexibility and I just think it's important to not to get too grand with it, with this conversation. But I want to always remind people that even if you're someone that feels like you have it all figured or you have the job you've always wanted and you're passionate about it, these struggles never go away. You know, I'm not Kanye. Well, I was just going to say, I think, you know, I think every dad probably spends a lot of nights awake wondering if they're doing enough. You know, yeah. like I, I would bet money that my dad had that same thought, probably still does, probably wonders if he had done enough. And, oh, you know, sure. I, I don't think you ever know, but as yeah. long as you're, I think it's better to be thinking about that than, you know, mm. like going back to the life that you're building. I, I think there's probably some examples of artists that look forward to going on tour because they can get away from their family, right? Mm-hmm. Or just being absent, you know, like in the times that they're gone, I think there's a difference between being away and being absent, right? Yeah. Like you can be away and still be there, you know, there's going to come a day where your kid or kids, if you decide to have another are old enough to like, you can call them or FaceTime, I guess probably yeah. or ho- hologram, teleport, whatever people are going <laughs> <Yeah. do. laughs> <Teleport. clears> to <throat> And do those things to stay plugged in. Right. But if you're just 
if they just don't hear from you the entire time you're mm-hmm. gone, that's a completely different setup. You know, like yeah. when my dad was gone, he, I mean, <clears throat> he learned how to text just so that he could keep up with us because that's he cool. knew that's how we were going to, like, we didn't talk on the phones because that's just yeah. how, how we were as kids, you yeah. know? Yeah, same. So he did that yeah. and like he, he called and stuff and um, it's not like he was ever absent, you know? So I think that mm-hmm. that's the key and you'll never feel like you're doing enough probably. People like, guys like us, yeah. dude, it just no matter what the pursuit is, <laughs> there's always more to be done. I um I think it's easy to get to blame stuff on your job, you know. Yeah. Especially with me and in probably your dad's case when you're grown up is but he I'm I'm sure he didn't. And I'm trying not to, but sometimes, you know, if I'm not connecting enough while I'm on the road with my family, even the mom and dad, I mean family, mm-hmm. I can blame I mean I can blame the job because I do feel like a chicken without a head when I'm out there, but Yeah. But what's the point of all of it if I'm not bringing something back? You know, like I don't want to be like on Breaking Bad after all the seasons were done and Walt came to his wife um, and said, you know, you always said I did this for me. Mm -hmm. And I always told you that I was doing it for you, for my family. Right. But but you were right. I, I was doing it for me. Right. You know, and I don't want to like come to that realization sometime. Like I can stack this stuff on and and convince myself um, that I'm doing it for the right reasons. And like, you know, it's always noble to say, oh, he hated his job, but he did it for his family, you know? And I'm like, well, I don't hate my job. But I do. I I don't think you need to feel guilty about that though. It's just like, I I think it's okay it's okay to enjoy what you're doing, even if that means it's like taking you away from your family. You know, like I said, it's just, it's just how you make it work that matters, you know? Yeah. Like if you really enjoyed being on the road because you did, you enjoyed that time to just say like, I can't wait to not talk to my family for a quarter (laughs) of a year. That's messed up, bro. And I, I would have, I would have a problem with that as your friend, but to like, to enjoy what you're doing and like feel fulfilled and satisfied, that's not a selfish thing. Like I feel like mm-hmm. just having a family doesn't mean that you forfeit forfeit the right to enjoy your career, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of if if that always supersedes the priority that your family takes, you know. And I, yeah. I don't think it I don't think it does in your case, but No. I, I have a I have a big problem with people um, you know, beating themselves up over enjoying things that are not ideal for other people. You know, it's like, that's who you are. That's an important part of who you are. And it's a fabric of your personality and your being. So like for you to suddenly decide that you don't enjoy that anymore, you would be changing who you are as a person, you know? Yeah. I appreciate that. And I do, I do still enjoy it, even though I war with it sometimes, but I think part of that comes from the fact that in the beginning, I think I was using it to run from having to be in any sort of serious relationship or commitment or even a town or a city. Yeah. And I find it difficult still to this day as a, as a 30 year old man to, um, find, you know, connections with people because it, it was always easier for me to have, 
it's easier for me to have you as my friend to talk to almost every day about whatever. And these conversations we have at least, at least once a week, mm-hmm. um, because I feel like, you know, there's not much more that I have to say to, <laughs> to anyone else anyway, <laughs> yeah. but but I used the job. I I definitely used the job to like escape relationships like the one you and I have, mm-hmm. or the one that you know I have with my wife, and and so I don't think I ever saw like a clear transition into like, okay, you know what, this is actually providing for my family, and you know, yeah. even if I didn't have a family, I, I, you know, it's providing for my life and. Um, I never felt like a clear switch. So I think I still, I think like I'll get out on the road, you know, the first day of tour is always great because you're fresh and, uh, you remember when you showered last and like (laughs) you got, you got grocery stocked and a plan ahead and it isn't wild yet. Right. Mm -hmm. So I love that feeling. And, and I think I do tell myself like, you know, it was time I was ready to be on my own for a bit, right? Yeah, right. But it can also become a drug for people where they 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 head out without the intentions of um, being secluded mm-hmm. or running from things. And it, it gets easier to just, I always say this as a musician, you're, people are throwing you a party every night. Right. Of the week, you know, so like you, you have the most fun, right? You do, and then you know you do that again every day, and that's not a conducive lifestyle for like necessarily bringing a family along. And like you said, you can do it, but I think it mostly what I'm trying to clarify is that for me it comes from not ever feeling like there was a true break right. in being a person who was reckless and running to someone who's trying to be. Like my pole is home now. Yeah, and I and I don't mean that in a bad way for anybody that listens to our music. I don't mean we're we're getting off the road. I just mean I have a new anchor. Like yeah. before, the road was the anchor, right? And I like well, it this way. I don't think. I mean, I get what you're saying that it would have been nice to like see the path to where you are now, or like uh, have that switch. But I don't think anyone ever has that switch. I mean, the same yeah. same thing sort of happened to me when I moved away from right. my family. Like I, it was the first time in my life um, because when I went to college, I moved out of my hometown to go to college. But then my parents moved to that same town that I was in college, so I was never like truly away from my family. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. though I was in the dorms and in an apartment and stuff in college, I didn't live with them the whole time. But um, when I moved to Kansas City, it was the first time in my life that I was away and you know, making my own decisions and I didn't feel obligated to anyone. Um, and I, I don't know, dude, like I did that life for a few weeks or whatever. And I had the same thing happened to me. Like I, I met my girlfriend and I didn't expect to. And I was like, well, man, I just don't want to be this guy. That's just like making yeah. fake connections or like being the bachelor in a new city. I don't want that personality. So yeah, I, I never got the switch either, but I think, you know, when you're, when you grow, it's always kind of, you grow into that, uh, you grow into that new state of mind. And I'm not saying there's one way is better than the other necessarily. I think using the word grow makes it seem like I got to a a better place. If you want to live the bachelor life, that's, 
Yeah, dude, I Fine. can't fault you for that. There's a lot of appeal there, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just think it's always a gradual change, and then you you end up in a place like you and I are in now. Looking back, be like, how did we get here? But I don't yeah. hate it. It's a good it's a good place to be. So yeah, and I think those um, you know, I don't maybe we're just maybe I was just a cliche. I was just a guy who was afraid of commitment. You know, in the yeah. beginning. And when you get those things that you feel like you want to commit to or like worth your time, it changes. And I think when I started bringing those things into my life, you're right. It wasn't like a pull the lever, the track changed. It was like, this is, this is kind of what I was always going for. Yeah. Right. Even if I didn't know, like Mm -hmm. I never saw myself not getting married or having kids and, and having a house somewhere. So I feel like it's on track. I just, I have, I have no, I, I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> no one ever knows, dude. I feel like the biggest, the biggest lie of life is that anyone truly knows what they're doing. You know? Yeah. If you, I mean, yeah. how could you, if you've never done it before? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like every season of life is new. There's no rehearsal. So you're yeah. just making it up as you go, but I You're wish I right. could even give, I wish I could even give like a, a guidebook back to anyone, you know, like doing the job I'm doing, but it's all different scenarios. Yeah. I think about that too a lot. And I just know if the person who's reading that book is any, what, any way similar to me, they're going to be like, <laughs> just this laugh. Book. <laughs> like, this is How does this guy know? Like he doesn't know me, you know, so get rich the, quick. The book isn't, the book isn't going to matter anyway. People are going to figure it out on their own, but all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of similar vein podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe if you haven't already and hit us up on Instagram at similar vein podcast. Uh, Until next time, we will see y'all. See y'all.